Let us pray. Father, thank you for the promise that you are with us evermore. So now we pray that you would especially be among us, both gathered here in person and in each of our homes. And Lord, that you would just draw us to yourself. Draw us more deeply into relationship with you. Draw us more deeply into your truth. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning again, everyone. Good morning to everyone at home again as well. And so glad that you've joined us. Looking today at our gospel reading from Luke's gospel. And these verses, our readings for today, our scripture readings are actually taken from the Feast of the Presentation, which was observed on the church calendar on Tuesday, on February 2nd, but I felt as I very much felt drawn to preach from those texts today, so we transferred those readings to Sunday. This is the event where Jesus and I mean, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple after the days were accomplished and presented him. And I want today, in this interaction that happened at the temple, to focus on the person of Simeon. Simeon, along with Anna, who is mentioned in verses 36 through 38 of Luke chapter 2, were both present in the temple when Joseph and Mary brought Jesus there 40 days after his birth. As we say so often, most people who were aware of Jesus' birth and the events that followed missed the significance of what was happening. And I know I say that a lot during Advent and the Christmas season, but it is so true and it speaks, I think, so profoundly to us to not miss things. People today can be amazed or intrigued even as we read that the shepherds were amazed and the people were amazed at what the shepherds said. There's a huge interest in spirituality, if you will, but most people are not interested in a God whose plan of salvation places responsibility upon us because of our broken, sinful nature. And because of that and because of missing the reality that a God who is our creator a God who is almighty, a God who loves us so much that he sent his only son to die for our sins, that a God like that can place demands and expectations and requirements upon our lives. People don't want a whole lot to do with that. And because of that, and because of wanting their own brand of spirituality, spirituality that isn't anchored to God's truth, they very often miss what God is doing even in our day. Like Anna, Simeon did not miss what God was doing and the significance of what was taking place before his very eyes. In our time today, what I want to do is look in some detail at the godly characteristics and qualities we see recorded in Scripture that are exemplified in Simeon's life. And again, there are a number of parallels between Simeon and Anna, but we will focus primarily on Simeon this morning. And I think there are... Four words as we study Simeon's character, which characterize or summarize Simeon's relationship with God. If you're taking notes, these are my four points today. Four words, and they all begin with F. Faith, fellowship, fullness, and fourthly, foundation. So let's begin with faith. Clearly, Simeon was a man of faith. We are told in Luke 2, verse 25, that Simeon was righteous and devout. He was righteous. 
The idea here is not that Simeon somehow kept the letter of God's law and focused on the externals as a list of do's and don'ts. But that Simeon, as an Old Testament Jewish believer in the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, enjoyed a true and living relationship with God by faith. And his righteous actions and his carefulness in obeying God's commands grew out of and reflected and demonstrated this living relationship that he enjoyed with God. So it grew out of his heart and then was reflected in outward behavior. We need to remember that faith, belief, has always been the basis of salvation, which God extends to his people in both the Old and the New Testaments. And I've talked about that in the past. Simeon knew God personally. Secondly, related to this component of faith, Simeon was devout. And the idea here is that he was careful to honor and reflect the character and purity of God in his life and in the way in which he lived. He was careful. He considered his choices. He considered the choices he made and how they reflected upon his God. What a message there for you and me. We had a wonderful staff and vestry retreat both last um, yes, all day yesterday and Friday evening as well. But in our morning prayer yesterday, one of the lectionary readings, the New Testament reading was from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, part of chapter two and three, where Paul talks about, you are yourselves our letters of recommendation, not written on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. And that very much ties in with this idea of Simeon, that, that when we live and order our lives by God's grace and power, in a way that points to God, God's presence in us and upon us becomes the letter of recommendation to other people about who our God is. Simeon was careful that his choices reflected appropriately upon the character of his God. Simeon's life was characterized by godly fruit. So because Simeon experienced a real and personal relationship with his God by faith. If nothing else was said about him, think about this, if nothing else was said about Simeon, what a way to be remembered. He was devout. He was a man of faith. And faith must be the starting place for every single one of us. Faith in God, not just for salvation, not just to be saved from hell and eternal separation from God, but faith in God to live godly lives, to be agents of God's transformation, agents of God's kingdom here in this world. Faith to live the Christian life and point others to God's gracious favor. And if we are to understand, and this is so important for where God is calling us to go as a church these days, in this season, but if we are to understand what God is doing in our day, and if we are going to be used by God We must first be in right, true, and living relationship with him every day, day by day. Second, fellowship. Specifically, fellowship with God. Simeon was clearly a man who fellowshiped intimately with his God. He was a familiar and known figure in the temple. 
And this cannot be overlooked. This is one of those things that would be easy to miss. And this was much like the example of Anna as well. The fact that he spent time in the temple shows on Simeon's part a hunger to experience the presence of God. To experience God's presence personally. Remember, the temple for God's Old Testament people prior to the death and resurrection of Jesus was a very special and unique place. And while God is certainly present, even at that time was present everywhere, it's one of God's characteristics, his attributes that he is omnipresent. As we read in Psalm 139, where David writes, where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? Even though God is and was omnipresent, God was present in the temple under the Old Testament system in a very special and unique way. The temple represented the very focal point of God's presence for Old Testament Israel, the place where God met his people, where God met in a unique and special way those who belonged to him. And there were certain aspects of worship, such as sacrifices, that could only rightly and appropriately occur in the temple. Simeon experienced God's presence in a very special way. He experienced God's presence as he worshipped at the temple along with others who were counted among God's people. And we, All Saints Church, will never be able to understand what God is doing in our day and sense what he wants us to be doing, how he wants us to be aligned with his plan and his will and his purposes unless we spend time in his presence, allowing him to do his work in us just like he was doing in Simeon. In verse 25 of Luke chapter 2, Simeon is characterized as waiting for the consolation of Israel. That doesn't mean that Simeon was simply hanging out or sitting around. Waiting here denotes something much more active, not passive. It denotes a sense of, of expectation, a sense of anticipation reflected in Simeon's life based upon the promise that God had given him that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon could not have been attuned and keenly aware of what God was doing if he had not spent time in fellowship with his God, if he had not spent time in God's presence we too must be, must be a people of presence. We must desire to have fellowship with God, both alone and gathered together corporately as the people of God. And we cannot expect in any way to be able to understand what God is doing in our day or understand how he wants to work both in and through us apart from spending time in his presence. We must be, brothers and sisters, a people of of expectancy, but that expectancy, rightly directed, only grows out of fellowship with God. Third, fullness, the fullness of God. Simeon walked in the power of the Spirit of God. Three times, three times in Luke 2, the work of the Spirit in and upon Simeon is mentioned. In verse 25, we read that the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. In verse 26, we read that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. 
In verse 27, we read that Simeon came in the spirit, or as the NIV says, moved by the spirit. True prophets of God only spoke when the Holy Spirit was upon them or filling them. And it was only by God's, the work of God's spirit that prophets were able to act as God's spokespersons. This is affirmed in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, where we read, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men and women spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This was true of prophets who wrote the scriptures as well as non-writing prophets. And it is only by this, this combination, this combination of being a person of fellowship and by the Spirit resting upon him in fullness that Simeon was able to recognize and discern and understand what God was doing in his day and doing in, in that very moment. I think that should cause us to pause and to ponder for a moment. How did Simeon come to the temple? How was Simeon at the temple at just the right time? Well, it was because he was walking in intimate fellowship with God and he was being led by the Holy Spirit. Remember, the temple was a big and busy place. There were people everywhere. So in the midst of the crowds, in the midst of all the busyness, how did Simeon encounter Mary and Joseph and Jesus among all these other people? Was he, it was because he was directed by the Holy Spirit. How did he know that Jesus was the Christ, the Savior of the world? It's because he was directed by the Holy Spirit. How did he speak prophetically regarding God's salvation through this child and with detail regarding this child's life and ministry? It's because he was directed by the Holy Spirit. Simeon was a man of faith in God. He was a person of fellowship with God. And he walked in the fullness of God's spirit. He was, a he was a powerful witness to God's salvation because he was a person filled with God's spirit. And follow me and listen carefully here, please. In the Old Testament, the spirit came upon or filled, and at times it was very clearly an internal working when you look at the language of scripture, specific individuals so that they could prophesy, that they could speak a word to God's people. The most common sign when the Spirit came upon someone in the Old Testament was that they prophesied. It's what happened to Mary's relative Elizabeth when Mary visited her, where we read Elizabeth in Luke 142 exclaiming with a loud cry to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Elizabeth was speaking prophetically because the Spirit of the Lord was upon her. But on the day of Pentecost, following the ascension of Jesus back to the Father, this possibility to be God's spokespersons is extended not now to a select few, but through the risen Jesus and is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is extended to all people, to all God's people potentially. It's what Acts chapter 2, verses 17 through 18 tells us where St. Peter says, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, quoting the prophet Joel, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall, see dream, shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. 
we, like Simeon and Anna and Elizabeth and all of that wonderful, wonderful group of people from the Old Testament who are called people of fullness, we too need to be filled with the power and the presence. We need to be filled time and time and continuing in a continuing way with the presence of God in order to be God's people and to do God's will. Fourth, foundation. Specifically, foundation upon God's word. Like Simeon, we need to be a people with a foundation based upon the word of God, God's eternal truth that will not fail. Simeon knew God's word. He knew the scriptures and he used them heavily when he spoke prophetically in these verses. Listen to the similarity for a moment between what Simeon speaks and the following passages from Isaiah. So listen to Simeon's words first in Luke 29, in chapter 2, verses 29 through 32. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Now listen to these verses from the prophet Isaiah written centuries before. Isaiah 40 verse 8, the grass wither, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. Isaiah 42, 6, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. Isaiah 49, verse 6, he says, is it, it is too light a thing that it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Simeon knew the word of God. He proclaimed the word of God in power prophetically because he was a man of fullness and foundation. And Simeon didn't twist or abuse the word of God to suit his own purposes or his personal whims. Did you hear that? He was faithful to the truth and the integrity of God's word and the voice of the spirit. That's something we need to be careful about. Because if we're not walking closely with God, if we're not a person of presence, if we're not people of fullness, if we're not people with that foundation, the flesh can creep in, even in things that are attributed to God. Um, I could give some, a number of pretty horrendous examples, but I'll just share one with you from a number of years ago up in Maryland, so you've, no one knows who I'm talking about. There was a, um, some folks that had a, a prayer ministry in the community, and they used to send letters out to um, all the churches. And they had a word from the Lord, they said, that the coming year, whichever year it was, I've still got this filed away because the letter was so crazy. Tammy would remember this well when it arrived at the church office. Um, was to be a year of liberty and a year of, let me make sure, I, a new frontiers. And so to point prophetically to what God was saying, God had told them out of their ministry funds to buy a new Jeep Liberty for her and a new Nissan Frontier pickup truck for him. God may have spoken that it was a year of liberty and new frontiers, but somewhere along the way, the flesh got pulled into the mix there. You understand what I'm saying? 
just one example, but, and that is fairly extreme, but we need to guard against that, brothers and sisters. Scripture has to be our foundation as, if it, as it was Simeon's foundation. He understood what God was saying and he was able to check his understanding of things by measuring what he was sensing against the truth of God's word, which is always right. Our understanding, our discerning of what God is doing and speaking to us must always be weighed and measured in light of Scripture, which is never wrong. Simeon was able to understand his times and what God was doing, and he was led and used by God because he was a man of God, a man whom the Spirit of God was resting upon a man who was led and moved by God's spirit. He knew God. He walked with God. He knew as a reality the fullness of God's spirit in his life. And he built upon the foundation of God's word. Faith, fellowship, fullness, and foundation. We need each of these elements or components in our lives individually and as a church in ever-increasing measure if we're going to be used most effectively by God. We can't neglect any of the four in our personal lives or in the life of the church. And to come back to what I said at the beginning, which I say over and over, most people at the time of Jesus' birth missed what God was doing. How ironic if we should allow the business of this life and the craziness of a season like COVID to cause us to somehow miss out on what God is doing in our midst and how God is working in our time and what God wills and desires to do in and through us. We need to be people who carefully and prayerfully discern the times and then join in with what God is doing. Because it is a wonderful thing to see and participate in what God is doing rather than coming up with our own ideas and our own plans and saying, oh God, now bless these. Lord, instead, Lord, show us what you are doing. Show us how you are moving. Show us where you are going before us and preparing the way. And God, give us the faith and the grace and the obedience and the discernment and the power of your spirit to step into that in faith, to step into that without fear to step into that in obedience, knowing that you are a great and glorious God and you will this for us. May we pray into that in this season and in the days ahead. And then may we step out in faith, in fullness of faith and in the power of the Spirit, trusting our God to accomplish what he has called us to accomplish, not by our means and not in our strength, which is weakness, but as he works and flows in and through us. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the wonderful and beautiful example of Simeon and also Anna that we see in Luke chapter two. People who discerned what you were doing in their day. People who spent time in your presence. People of faith and fellowship with you who built upon the foundation of your eternal truth, your word. So, Lord, give us in the days to come grace. Lord, give us faith. Give us obedience, Lord, to build upon the sure foundation. And, Lord, fill us afresh with the power and the presence of your spirit to discern and to do and to act according to your will 
and your ways and your plans. And Lord, forgive us when we may have looked at things through the eyes of the flesh, even in this season of COVID. Lord, forgive us when somehow we've looked at things in the weakness of our own strength, rather than looking to you and saying, God, if you call us to this, you will accomplish it. You will bring it to pass. So Lord, we pray, align us. Align us ever more fully and increasingly with your heart and your will and your plans, we pray. In Jesus' name.